0: Welcome back to You Ask For It, a podcast from Pastor Steve Scoggins and uh, myself, Pastor Justin Alexander, where we just want to answer the questions that you send in to the best of our ability about life and um, living this life as a Christian or how to navigate even just hard theological truths. Um, The question that we have today um, can be summarized as this, what, what comfort can you give Christians who are watching the world unravel? Now, Real quickly, let me let you know, we are recording this for a second time because we recorded this earlier, and this was before the whole battle, uh, the war of uh, Ukraine and Russia, and we feel like this needed to be re-recorded in light of this war because um, we know everybody's thinking through this right now because this is affecting everyone. The the full question that was sent in was this. Regardless of when Jesus is coming again for us, avoiding debates over pre-trib or post-trib, and assuming that we are in the last days, how can the church have hope as we continue to watch the world fall apart? What can we do to encourage those around us? So here's what we want to do today. We would like to just look at three things in this podcast. First, what does the Bible say about the end times? I know many of you would, would love to hear that too. Um, what can we say to the people like those who are in Ukraine, who are literally watching the world fall apart um, in drastic ways all around them? Um, and, and this is really significant there because the Pastor Steve, you know this that the Ukraine was named a uh, nickname the Bible Belt of the Soviet Union. It's the the second largest group of Baptists, or even in that that very country, in, in all the world, in all the world, yeah. And so, um, large Christian population. And the third thing we want to do is. Um, answer this question: Of what do we say to nervous Christians in America who are watching the world fall apart on many levels? Uh, we feel the threats of places like Russia and China um, and others, and we also feel the threats from a country that is, um, or from a society that is slowly kind of walking away from the morality that we that we
1: hold on to. So, Pastor Steve, uh, what would you say to that? Well, let me start with the very first question. And she said, assuming we're living in the end times, I think that's a good assumption. And I base this upon Jesus' description of the end times. I want to just read a little while from Matthew 24. In verse 3, his disciples asked him this, What is the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And here's how he describes the world at the last times. I could sum it up this way, Justin. Cheer up, the worst is yet to come. (laughs) So look at this. Uh, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I'm the Messiah, and they will deceive many. You're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed, for these things must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these events are the beginning of labor pains. We're hearing on the news about the people starving in those cities that are besieged. Mm-hmm. And we're facing mm-hmm. some possible starvation in the future because of the supply chain, mm-hmm. the lack of bread that's produced, wheat that's produced in in, the, in, in Ukraine, those kind of things. Yeah. But But... Then he says this, all these events are the beginning of labor pains. Some people like to say, well, there have always been wars and famines and earthquakes. No, he said they're like labor pains. The closer you get to the main event, the return of Christ, the stronger they become, the more frequent they become. Mm. And then he goes on and says, they will hand you over to be persecuted and they will kill you. Mm. You will be hated by all nations because of my name. Then many will fall away. We keep hearing of people leaving the faith. Mm. Betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many because lawlessness will multiply. The love of many will grow cold. We're living in that day and time with defund the police and the fact that you can't even go onto a subway and feel safe in New York City. He said that's going to cause people's love to grow cold because lawlessness increases. Now, there are some Christians, uh, R.C. Sproul, for instance, who says no Matthew 24 is not about the end of time it was the world that was there during Nero's time it was the world that existed when the Jerusalem was destroyed but let me read you a few more descriptions of what Jesus says these last days were like he says in verse 21 of chapter 24 at that time there'll be great distress the kind the world hasn't uh, t- that hasn't taken place from the beginning of the world until now and never will again Unless those days were cut short, no one would be saved. But those days will be cut short because of the elect. If R.C. Sproul is saying this refers to the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70, Jesus said this will be the worst time in history. There'll never be a time worse after this in history. I don't believe people would say the destruction of Jerusalem was the worst event Mm -hmm. in history, a bad event, but not the worst. Mm -hmm. So I believe this is an accurate description of the end times. Now, He goes on later on in this chapter, and he says this in verse 33. In the same way, when you see these things, recognize that he is near at the door. Mm. Just I believe too many things are matching up what is predicted to come to any other conclusion, but the return of Jesus is near. But let me give this one caution. Jesus used Noah as an example of his coming. He says, as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be in the coming of the days of the Son of Man. He says that in Matthew 24 as well. What happened in Noah's day, the world got worse and worse and worse, and evidently there's a line that a world can cross or a city like Sodom can cross where God says, I've just got to judge it. The day of the Lord has to come. God came to Noah and said, that's it. Uh, they, they've, they've become too, They've gone too far into sin. He said, it's over. And then it was 120 years later that the flood came because that's how long it took for Noah to build Mm. the ark. So we may be near, but we don't know how near. Mm. But this does seem to match everything that we find there. So when we read this, it can sound discouraging, but there's another parallel passage to this.
0: Yeah, I think um, a a great verse to look at that's a parallel in Matthew 24 is Luke 21. Um, Looking at verse 28, it says this, But when these things begin to take place... It's what Jesus says: stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is near. It's interesting that in here it basically says Christians should not look at the end of the world the same way that non-Christians yes. should look at the end of the world. Right. I, and I know it's scary the fact that you know, hey, we'll see some f- stuff crashing down around us. But here's the mindset that's telling us to keep right here: is it says to stand up and lift up your heads because. You know that means you're closer to being with God, right? Yeah. Closer to reaching eternity, reaching God. And so, it's interesting. It says, like you said, "Cheer up, cheer yeah. up." Now, now this is very this is a very strange thing to think about, especially as we do see things fall apart. Um, because even I think we have a tendency in our own church to move into this kind of woe is me attitude when we see that. Um, but Luke 21, verse 28, tells us to do the exact opposite—to literally lift up our heads and say, "Jesus, you're coming." You're coming, and I look forward to that day
1: when I see you. And We're looking for him because we love him. Yes. And we'll get to see him. We'll get to see him with our own eyes. We'll be caught up together to meet him in the air. Mm. There'll come a time that he'll come back with us to the earth and set up a kingdom, and he'll be honored the way he should be honored. Mm. He's going to wipe away the last tear. We're not going to have any more hospitals to visit. We're not going to have any more funerals to do. I mean, that's ahead of us. Absolutely. So it's not just the falling apart of the world. It's what... Those good things that we're longing mm. for. My wife, God bless her. Every time she sees bad news, she says, Jesus, just come on back now. <laughs> just come on back now. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's our heart's desire. Now you're a parent of two two young children. Absolutely. So yeah. I, when you look at this, how, how do you react as a parent?
0: Yeah, and well, see, and I can understand. You know, you've got um, a, a mom who has young children who sent this in, and I, well, I can, I can resonate with her because it is a scary thing when you think about your kids to know the world how much it's changed, even from the time when I was younger. I'm only yeah. thirty years old, and. You know, in 30 years, a lot's changed. And it is kind of terrifying to think about that as a parent of my kids, as quickly as the world is changing, what's it going to be like for them as they grow up? And so, um, but I think, if anything, it, it's a beautiful thing that we get to show our kids that as the world begins to change, it means that we as Christians get to look more and more like Jesus. And so what an incredible opportunity, yeah. I believe, having small kids to show them that there really is a better
1: way. There is something
0: better that's there for them.
1: And, and they're going to grow up in a world where there's no – quote, cultural Christianity where Mm. people just take the name of Jesus, it costs too much to be a Christian. We're too different. Absolutely. And so it'll be a new day for them. We'll be the new counterculture, won't we? Yes, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Well, one of the things I think we can tell folks, the question was, what comfort can you give Christians and what can we share with the world when we're watching the world fall apart? I would say this. The one thing that we can do to give people hope is to call to mind the promises of God. Because no matter what the circumstances are on the outside, God keeps his promises. I'll I'll start off with the many ones, like in Matthew where he says, Ask and it shall be given. Seek mm-hmm. and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. Yeah. We're, we're given so many promises like that, that if we pray, it will make a difference. And I believe that history can be changed by prayer. I'm praying that God will intervene in the mm-hmm. situation in Ukraine. We don't know yeah. how it will happen, but I do know that God's prayer is stronger than a nation's arms. Mm, yeah. So we'll we'll just pray. We can pray and claim those promises for prayer. Yeah, I, I think another one one that we talk
0: a lot about a lot here at First Baptist is Romans eight twenty eight. The promise that God is working all things together for mm. good for those who love them, love Him, and called according to His purpose. That God is getting into bad things and, and bringing about good. Uh, the word that's used right here is the root word sunergo, which means to work with, not to cause, but literally to work with. And so we know this. God's not the author of war. He's not no. wanting this. He's, he's not wanting these things to happen. He doesn't cause evil. But what he can do is as evil is seeking to work for its plans – we see that God himself is working for his plans and his glory, that he can work in the yes. bad to bring about good. I, I'll give you an example. Um, after World War II, we know about the terrible effects of the Holocaust, um, the millions of Jews who were, who were slaughtered because of that. Um, up to this point, the Jews wanted their homeland back. They wanted Israel back. And, and the world just at that point had not really opened that door for them. But after what had happened to them with the Holocaust, the rest of the world said, you know what? You deserve it. This is your place. And what do we see happen? We see that Israel, Jerusalem opens back up to the Jews to have their place again. So we don't really know what's going to happen with Ukraine. We don't know what is going on, but we believe that we have a good God who is always true. He's always good and that he always comes through on his promises. And so because we believe that, that means that we can sit here Hate
1: the terribleness, but know that God is going to work in a great way. And, and that that's true with not just this one situation. If somebody listens to this podcast years later, and this is long since passed, yeah. whatever crisis comes, God will get in it and bring out good. That's Absolutely. His promise. Absolutely. Another promise that we can hold on to is that God promises to supply
0: all of our needs. Um, you know, we we pray every week at our church the Lord's Prayer, and in there we pray this: God, give us this day our daily bread. This might become even more of a reality for us. It's definitely a reality for Ukraine right now. That's right. Uh, you know, it's it's a reality for them. But here's why: as you mentioned earlier, um, our listeners might not know this, but 25% of the world's wheat is produced and grown in Ukraine, Ukraine and in parts of Russia. And so, think about this: right now, they haven't planted because there's snow on the ground. But if there's desolation there. Twenty five percent. That's a lot of wheat. That's, right. that's a lot of wheat. That's that's our sandwiches. That's what we get. And so we literally might be praying, God, give us this day our daily bread, because we might
1: be, you know, almost fighting each other to and, find. And this I hear bread. of farmers who are thinking of not planting their crops in America because hmm. they can't afford the fertilizer, they can't afford the gas to run the tractors. Wow. wow. And so we may be in a strong food, and we 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 will once again join Christians like those in Ukraine right now who are praying literally. Give us this day our daily bread. And yeah. God has promised yeah. to provide our yeah. needs. He's faithful. He is a God who,
0: who is going to meet the needs that we have. And so what this offers, too, is a great chance to really trust him for
1: who he is. Mm-hmm. So I think that's good. And, and one more thing I would I promise that may not would not be the first to come to mind for a lot of people, but we are watching where sin is in our face. It's rampant. It's condoned. It's getting so hard to raise clean kids in such a dirty world, isn't it? Mm, But one of the promises I've claimed through the years is Romans chapter 5, verse 20, and it says this: where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. Mm, Now, sin may be more out in the open than it's ever been. It may be more in our face, but I want to give you a great promise there's more grace available than ever before. Mm, So you will have your children, even though they will face temptations you and I did not face, they will have more grace to face those temptations than anyone else. Yeah, I think that's great. And we mentioned it earlier, but I think with this grace, here's the thing, grace—
0: is countercultural to t- counterculture in today's world that we live in. And this is what's beautiful about what it means to be a believer in this time is we get the chance to stick out, not because we're allowed or anything like that, but because we're people who truly want to live in such a way that displays the beauty of Jesus and what he called us to live in. So even things like this, forgiveness is countercultural today. Nobody mm-hmm. forgives anymore. Um, asking for forgiveness, um, asking for God to work in our ways, choosing... Um, to choosing to stay with one person, all those things is a chance to show the world that there is something better. And so as the end is coming and we lift up our heads, might we use this time to really embrace being different in this world?
1: The best witness that has ever been raised will be raised by Christians who trust in God and stand on the promises. Yes, yeah. Now, I I believe the best way to prepare for the world falling apart is simply to keep growing in the Lord. Mm. Keep yourself spiritually strong. Mm, yes absolutely
0: so i love that i think that's so good and and, and leaning in on um, who god is knowing god's word um finding joy in who god is knowing that he is going to protect you and be with you um, and in that you just trust a minute i think strength is proved by us standing on the rock right yeah, and so right. it's not our own strength but it's his strength working through us um thank you so much everyone for joining us today uh, i hope this is something that um, is beneficial to you um And I pray that you'd also continue to pray for Ukraine the same way that we're praying for Ukraine right now, that God would work all things together for for the good of those who love Him and call it according to His purpose. Um, We love you guys. Thank you for joining us, and um, we'll be here with you next week.